Coming from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. How much does Phoenix have left? Nuggets starting to lean on them. Here comes Murray. Jokic. He is pure basketball poetry. Timeout, Phoenix. Yeah, not good floor balance by Phoenix, but great recognition by Jokic there. Chris Paul limping into the locker room. We'll get an update for you as quickly as we can. Just how ironic one of the worst road teams in the NBA during the regular season will have the biggest road win of the playoffs as Curry lays it up and in. Very methodical and deliberate at this point. Hachimura goes to the screen. LeBron for three. Third and ten. Dalton steps up. Picked off at the 40-yard line. Isaiah Simmons. Simmons down the sideline. Simmons inbounds. Simmons all the way. Difference of two seconds. Game clock and shot clock. Harden sizing up Horford. It's a three. Good. Oh, Harden's got 45. Timeout, Boston. He gets to the middle. Whistle, foul. And did he turn his ankle on that? Boy, we hope not. But he's holding his lower right leg, and this does not look good for Miami. Particularly when you got Mitchell Robinson back there to protect the basket. Brunson scoops back up top to Randall. Randall goes down and throws it down. Pitch is swung on and hit in the air to center field in deep. Back goes Yastrzemski on the track at the wall. She is gone. Unbelievable. Aaron Judge. In his first at-bat of the year, it's a home run to dead center. It is a judgy and blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. And McCullers kicks and comes home. And the pitch swung on. Hit deep. Right field. And the Phillies (laughs) are going to lead it. Yeah, they are. Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top with a two-run home run over the out-of-town scoreboard. Simply amazing. Harper here at home. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Tuesday, May 2nd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7, the Suns has a lack of depth. Has that been the biggest issue? Lakers versus Warriors, who wins the series? The Cardinals can, uh, well, let's just put it this way. What can Jonathan Gannon do to get more out of Isaiah Simmons? James Harden, how did last night happen? The Knicks, what can they do to avoid going down 0-2? And around Major League Baseball, how long can the Yankees survive without Aaron Judge? And will the return of Bryce Harper jumpstart the Phillies? Plus, what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so, we'll go around the NBA playoffs with Mo DeKeel of, of The Athletic and Bleacher Report. 9.30 will be interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup, including some Suns and Nuggets Game 2 analysis. And in the final segment of today's one-hour extravaganza, it'll be the national roundup topped by from the scoreboard. That'll be basically the Sixers and the Knicks, uh, the Sixers and the, uh, and the uh, Celtics from last night, and also the latest line for the upcoming NBA playoff games. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, is the Suns' lack of depth the biggest reason they're down 0-2 against Denver? Corey is here and has the early returns. Yes, currently at 75%, no at 25% on KDUS1060.com. The questionable depth became a bigger, even uh, even a bigger issue last night when Chris Paul was forced to leave with a groin injury during the third quarter. Uh, the Suns led at that time 59-56. The game became 97-87 loss at Denver. Of course, that's game two of the Western Conference semifinals. All right, today's Twitter poll question, the other Western Conference semifinal. Who wins the Lakers and Warriors series? And, Corey, what's going on here? Believe it or not, split clean 50-50 on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. Okay, that's good. We like that. Uh, the Warriors, by the way, during the Steph Curry era, have not faced the Lakers in a postseason series. They had a play-in game a couple years ago, but this is a postseason series. In addition to picking the series, how about some witty analysis to uh, back up your prediction? Meanwhile, on the local front, the Cardinals opted not to pick up the fifth-year option on Isaiah Simmons' rookie contract. Simmons has been a major disappointment after showing impressive uh, versatility throughout his college career at Clemson. What can new Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon do to put Isaiah Simmons in better spots to make uh, basically uh, difference-making plays? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, James Harden delivered a flashback performance. The ASU alum tied his postseason career best with 45 points last night, including the game winner, the three-pointer, as the Sixers won game one at Boston against the Celtics. The shorthanded Sixers without Joel Embiid. So are the Celtics in danger after losing game one to James Harden and the Sixers without Joel Embiid? Meanwhile, the Heat and Knicks play uh, game two tonight at MSG. Ankle injuries dominated the Monday news cycle with Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brunson, and J- uh, Julius Randle all called questionable during Monday's off day by their respective teams. So let's be optimistic and let's assume that both teams are healthy, at least as far as those three players go. How can the Knicks bounce back to win tonight in Game 2 at MSG? Meanwhile, rip from the baseball headlines, the Yankees, as we anticipated during Monday's show, did place Aaron Judge on the injured list with a right hip strain, while the Phillies reportedly will have Bryce Harper in the lineup tonight for the first time this season. 
160 days after he had Tommy John surgery last November. How long could the Yankees survive without a healthy Aaron Judge? And will Bryce Harper turn around the Phillies' average start to the season? Also, in addition to these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is today's pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by around the NBA postseason, including uh, we'll start with some Suns and Nuggets analysis. Mo DeKeel, uh from The Athletic and Bleacher Report scheduled to join us in the next segment. Once again, bottom of the hour, we'll have more on Suns Nuggets from last night and maybe look ahead a little bit uh, to Game 3, which is not until Friday night. And boy, the Nuggets seem to be very aggravated about this schedule as far as uh, the uh, the conference semifinal series go. Um you know, three different Nuggets that I'm aware of, at least uh, including head coach uh, Michael Malone, uh, without provocation. Yeah, last night the post game mentioned uh, the three days off now between the Monday game and the Friday game in Phoenix. You're listening to the sports so with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Suns, who, uh, you know, they're uh, up against it at this point, down 0-2 against the top-seeded Nuggets, and Chris Paul down with the groin injury from last night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by Mo DeKeel of uh, Bleacher Report and also The Athletic. And, Mo, good to have you. Let's start with the Nuggets. Uh, they're up 2-0. What to you is most stood out in these first two games? Just the the, the lack of help the Suns have you know you said it when you when you were bringing it up just oof. you know the the that kind of it just shows you like they're so there's such a depleted roster which by the way everybody's going to relitigate stupid you make the move for KD you figure it out from there and you understand that this season you're going to have uh, a, a short rotation it's just none of the guys have come through Tory Craig's not hitting shots the way he was in the first round uh, Josh Okogie I mean, played scared at moments, and was there's literally a play where he was in the lane, had a wide-open look, got scared, and kicked it out to KD. Yeah. You have a lot of guys, and, and a, a lot of guys that are playing minutes that are not NBA playoff-level guys. And I think that's really just the thing that stood out. And then on top of it, the Nuggets are really good. We've ignored <laughs> them all year. 
And, and now everybody's shocked when they go, oh, these nuggets are good. Yeah, we've been trying to tell you, this is a very good Nuggets basketball team that can win the championship, and that's who the, the Suns are up against. Chris Paul, obviously not the Hall of Fame level player he once was. Uh, if he isn't able to play in Friday's Game 3, how should the Suns try to proceed? I mean, I think they're going to have to put Booker on the ball more and play more of a playmaking role. And that's a little bit difficult because you're already so light on scoring. And you've already taxed Booker so much with everything that he has to do for this team. I think the uh, I think they got to put him in there. I think at times they got to think about, hey, we might need to try to just play a little bigger. And, and, and you know, playing small is not going to work out for them because they don't have the bodies. I thought, you know, uh, they – going to have to just figure something out. The answers are very slim. I'm very – Cameron Payne's going to probably start and play the point guard role, and I feel bad for Suns fans. That's not going to be good. That's just not going to be good. And I think that's one of those things. You saw it in the game yesterday. He took a bunch of shots that he probably shouldn't have been taking, and now he's going to have to play major minutes. Like, it's just a real difficult situation, Bob. I, I don't even know how much more you could pivot if you're the Suns. Kevin Durant. He hasn't been efficient. He had uh, seven turnovers in game one, was 10 out of 27 in game two. How much of this has been Durant? How much of it's been Aaron Gordon? And even, God forbid, sometimes Michael Porter Jr. was on him last night more than a, more than a couple of times. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's the defense. You know, some of it's KD missing shots, and some of them were open looks that he would normally make and, and things like that, and, and him missing some of those shots. The turnovers are, is, is, I think, the defense just saying, hey, we don't have to guard these other guys. A buddy of mine sent me a, a, a screenshot of one of KD's shots today. He had three Nuggets defenders on him. And they're like, they're just not. They will live with Landry Shamit being wide open. They'll live with Torrey Craig, anybody out there. They will make sure they put bodies on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And that extra attention at a certain point, as great as those two guys are, it's really hard to score over two NBA players, let alone three at this point. And I just think it's, it's kind of sunk here. You mentioned you know, possibly going big. Um, can, is, is that the one thing that Monty Williams, that, that he can try? Is, or is there really kind of – is he kind of run out of stuff here? I, I – let me just put it to you this way. When you're at this point where you're trying to go big, you're at the end of the road. <laughs> what you have left. And I think that's unfortunate it's in that instance. You know, playing Londale with Aiton or, or Bismack Biambo with Aiton uh, is, is an extreme thing. I'm sure somebody was listening when I said that and said, this guy's crazy. At this point, nothing's worked. So you might as well just try everything and see if by any chance you can kind of just catch the nuggets off guard or anything like that. But the other thing, too, and this has been really important in this series, and, and it's going to be important for the Nuggets the whole way through. They're winning the minutes when Jokic goes to the bench. Yeah. Well, Mo, you still there? Okay, we lost Mo. I mean, I understand good timing, I guess, or bad timing, depending on your viewpoint. They are winning the minutes when Jokic has gone to the bench. That's happened in two straight games. Part of that is because the Suns bench has been on the game at that point and the Suns bench has been atrocious and we'll get to that here at some strategical point. Hopefully we can catch up with uh re you know, reconnect with Mo here 
in a moment or two. But um, basically, at this point, I'll have more on this series in the next segment, needless to say, during the local roundup. But dare I even suggest that the Suns might be able to come back in this series? They are playing two games at home. We just saw a series in the last round where, you know, the home team won the first two games. And obviously the Sacramento Kings unable to put away the Warriors as they lost their last two home games in that series. Sacramento did to Golden State. Uh, so I'm not even sure, you know, at this point, uh, you know, the, other than the home court advantage and the three days off and uh, the Chris Paul situation, I'm not really sure what the Suns can actually do at this point to try to uh, make this a series. So the other game last night, actually, I'll get to the Warriors and the Lakers here momentarily as we try to you know, reconnect with Mo. That didn't sound good when he, when he left our airwaves there. Oh, we have Mo back. Okay. Uh, so last question on this series, Mo. Good to have you back on, on, on the show here. <laughs> uh, Dare I ask, do the Suns come back in this series? I, I mean, we've seen it happen with the Warriors come back on the Kings kind of in this instance, but I just don't think they can. They just don't have the firepower. And if Chris Paul is going to miss games at this point, I, I just can't find a way for them to win this series. I don't see a path for them. Talking with Mo Dequila, Bleacher Report, and uh, The Athletic. All right, so Warriors and Lakers in a play of series for the first time since uh, during the Steph Curry era here. Uh, speaking of Steph, the historic 50-point Game 7, including several takes to the rim off the dribble in that game. How has Steph changed his game over the years, and could the Kings or should they and could they have done anything differently on Sunday? I think for when we look at Steph's game, we always just focus on the shooting, but I think we forget about how amazing of a ball handler he is. Um, I did a video earlier in the season called uh, One Mo Thing, segment I do weekly, and it was on Steph's ball handling and the way he kind of manipulates defenders and things like that. And his finishing at the rim was phenomenal in this series, and I think that was uh, eye-opening there. And I think, I mean, Steph's one of the best ever. I'm Forget top ten. I think he might be somewhere in the top five. But when we talk about what the Kings could have done in this series, I think Mike Brown fell in love a little bit with the small lineup that won them game six, and I think that had a very short lifespan. And he stayed with that too long in game seven, and they got dominated on the offensive glass. And then on top of that, they got really not enough from DeMontis Sabonis in this series. This is a guy that carried you through the regular season. He's going to end up fifth on some people's MVP ballots because that's how good of a season he had. But he did not provide what he needed to in the playoffs, and I think it's going to begin to create some questions of, is he a playoff-type player? And, you know, can he actually produce for us in the playoffs? I think for the Kings, they need to start figuring that stuff out. And then they just ended up sticking with Terrence Davis way too long. So looking ahead here, Lakers and Warriors, uh, how do Lakers match up or how will they try to match up against Curry starting tonight in San Francisco? I imagine they're going to start with Vanderbilt on him. And then I think you're going to see a good amount of Austin Reeves on him as well. Uh, at times, maybe Malik Beasley. And I'm just going to give everybody a newsflash. None of that's going to matter to Steph Curry. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not going to make a difference. He's, he's too good. And, and those guys, you know, I think Vanderbilt's a good defender. I think at times he's, he chases too hard, he's too aggressive, and, 
and things like that. And I think, you know, Curry's going to put him into tough situations with all of that stuff. I think those are the issues. And then the Warriors are going to target D'Angelo Russell. They're going to go at him in a way. They know he's a weak leak defensively. They're going to put him in every action they possibly can to have him have to try to defend, you know, with all that stuff. So I think that's difficult. I think they're going to have a hard time with Kevon Looney. I think Davis, as good as he was in that first season or first round, I think it's a, a Kevon Looney has really shown himself to be a really underrated defensive player in the NBA, and I think he's going to give Davis a lot of problems just because how strong he is and how physical he is. It's going to be a real interesting series, but I think it's a very tough one for the Lakers. So, what's the most difficult matchup in this series for the Warriors? This guy, LeBron James, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, See him I, I, I think the yeah. thing with LeBron... <laughs> he kind of floats around every day. You've heard whispers. Um, every every yeah. now and then. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think LeBron's a tough one for them. You know, And I think it's going to be, if you put Andrew Wiggins on him, he's too strong for Wiggins. It's too dip- he's too big for Clay Thompson. You put Draymond on him, he's going to take him onto the outside, and I think that's an interesting matchup, but I think LeBron actually wins that matchup on the outside more often than not. And I think the one thing this is the one thing that I say for the Lakers that, that goes in their favor really well in this series. There's probably nobody LeBron wants to beat more right now than the Golden State Warriors. From his series in the Cleveland years and all of that stuff, I think this is a, a, a moment for LeBron, and I wouldn't be surprised if he just absolutely gives them everything he possibly can throughout this series. Is he physically capable of, you know, not necessarily dominating, but being consistently good from game to game? Because we didn't exactly see that in the Memphis series. Yeah, it comes down to, I think at times in the Memphis series, LeBron would just kind of survey the field and go, I'm like, hmm, I don't need to try that hard. I can give you 67% today, and we'll be fine. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the thing there. I think, I don't know he can dominate an entire series anymore. And that's even if he was fully healthy. But remember, he still has that foot injury. I mm-hmm. think he can be consistently good. But the problem is for the Lakers, they need him to be pretty consistently great, I think, in this series. And I think that's going to be the, the real thing we got to watch for throughout this as the series unfolds. Okay, so who wins the series? I think the Warriors win it. I think they, they win this one maybe in six games. Uh, I think that's who I'm looking at. Talking with Mo DeKeel of the Athletic and Bleacher Report. Okay, in the East, James Harden, a flashback offensive performance last night. How how did that happen? I don't know. I mean, this, maybe he needs to go to Vegas in between series more often. <laughs> yeah. um, this was a uh, uh, very interesting thing. I think one thing, though, is the court was a lot more open without Joel Embiid. There was more space for him to kind of attack and, and, and really get going. But James just turned back the clock. I mean, I don't have an answer. I, I'm going to be fascinated to see if he can do that again is really the question I want to know. He's a lot older now. He's, like me, packed on a few more pounds. Um, I, I want to see if he can, can, can continue that performance right there and, and, and keep that going because if there's no Joel Embiid, they're going to need that every time to win against the Celtics. The Celtics struggled to put the Hawks away. Last night they couldn't get a stop. What's happened to the Celtics, especially at the defensive end of the floor here? You know, the Celtics are probably one of the more perplexing teams in the playoffs. Like, I think when you look at them, they shouldn't have 
lost game five to the Hawks. This, this thing should have never gone six games. I don't even think it should have gone five in the first place. I think they have a tendency to let down and play to their level of competition. They heard no Joel Embiid, and I think they lowered their guard a little bit. And I think that opened up the opportunity for the Sixers to kind of come in there. They have all the talent. You know, it, it doesn't make much sense when you look at it. This is the same team they had last year, and they've made improvements with Malcolm Brogdon as well, who's also a pretty good defender. They've given themselves excuses in the sense that they just don't rise to the level when they need to. And I think that's a massive problem. And something that's given me serious misgivings when you look at this, how the playoffs have played out. Teams are not taking their opponents seriously. We've seen them get knocked out of the playoffs. I don't think Philly's going to beat Boston in this series. But I think it's a question for me going forward in the playoffs and I look at Boston going like, are you guys really going to step up? This is your time right now. This is the easiest road you're going to have to the finals in a long time. Are you going to blow this? And I think there's a real possibility they might. Knicks Heat, game two tonight. I guess this is the bad ankle series with Butler and Randall and Brunson <laughs> all listed as questionable on Monday. First up, what should we take out of game one? And what do the Knicks need to do differently, assuming at least Brunson plays? Uh, what do they need to do differently in game two? Yeah, I think they need to continue to be aggressive and relentlessly attack the paint. And I think that's something they laid off a little bit. They dominated the first half in the paint. They really crushed the Heat by getting a dribble penetration. And as the Heat in the second half adjusted and said, cool, we're going to pack the paint and beat us on the out- have you beat us from the outside, which the Knicks have not been capable of doing, it, they fell in love with, like, we have to make these threes, we have to make these threes, and they stopped penetrating as hard as they could. They need to get better offensive work. They need to get more motion in their offense, which is something Tibbs doesn't really do. So it's, I'm, I'm probably asking for a little bit of a miracle here in that instance. But I think they need to get the defense moving before they attack, and that's something they weren't doing in game one that they need to do in game two. And, of course, if they can hit a three, that'd go a long way for them. <laughs> because of all the injuries, I'm having a tough time handicapping tonight, let alone a series. You want to want to try to help me out here? <laughs> well, I'll put it to you this way. If Jimmy's going to play, I'm always going to bet on Jimmy. <laughs> even even hampered he's a psychopath Bob and I mean that in the nicest term you could possibly the nicest way you can call somebody a psycho that's Jimmy Butler you know and I think that's kind of the uh, case we're looking at with him so if Jimmy's going to play I'm going to go with him I don't think Randall fixes the problems for the Knicks if he comes back obviously if Jalen Brunson doesn't play the Knicks are in a massive line Mo good stuff as always we appreciate it uh, have fun thanks Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Our pleasure. Mo DeKeel of Bleacher Report and also The Athletic. And uh, check out Mo on Twitter and all the uh, Mo DeKeel adventures in the world of basketball. And for that matter, I'd probably be on. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. And also today's, uh, we'll get to today's local roundup, obviously topped by some Suns Nuggets analysis from last night. Time pending in the next segment. I'll get to a little bit from the Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen pitching tonight. So the way things are going with the Diamondbacks, it's maybe a must win every time that he pitches. Uh, you expect them to win at this point when he pitches. Uh, but the Rangers are pretty good. Um, and they've had some injuries along the way here. It's not like they've been unscathed. And uh, we'll get to some of that in the next segment if we have time. All right. 
And then we'll wrap it up uh, to uh, conclude the uh, hour extravaganza of today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup, and we'll have a little more on that uh, Sixers and Celtics game from last night at that point. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castellux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. We have time and room if you want to jump aboard 602-260-1060. It is general discussion. Obviously, I'm guessing that uh, the Suns are number one on the list for some, so that's fine. If you got anything else sports-related, no problem. 602-260-1060. Speaking of the Suns, they're down 0-2. Chris Paul left because of injury. The Suns uh, went off yesterday as a four-and-a-half-point underdog. There was some late money yesterday on Denver before the start of that game. Uh, it turned out to be a surprisingly low scoring, at least surprising to me, I think to the odds makers and a lot of betters. 87, uh, 97-87 was the final score last night at Denver. The Suns were winning 73-70 when Chris Paul uh, immediately went to the locker room slash trainer's room, wherever you, whatever room he went to. With the groin injury, he did not return. Paul was not available to the media after the game, and Monty Williams did not have a status update at that point. The Suns, without Paul, uh, scored just 14 points in the fourth quarter. Before the injury, Paul was not having a Hall of Fame game. Eight points on four out of ten shooting, six assists and zero turnovers in 25 minutes. But it's certainly better than Cameron Payne, who not surprisingly was awful. Two points on one out of seven shooting, zero out of four from behind the arc. He had one assist in 17 minutes. And Payne, as usual, was no help at the defensive end of the floor. Kevin Durant inefficient for a second consecutive game he finished with 24 points but on 10 of 27 shooting including uh, 2 of 12 from behind the arc he attempted just two free throws in the game settling for jump shots frequently he had three assists and two turnovers that's significantly better than the one assist and seven turnovers from game one University of Arizona alum Aaron Gordon has been the Nuggets' primary defender on Durant. And Gordon, is uh, he was continually praised, really after the last two games, but especially last night, uh, by Michael Malone and several Denver players. Devin Booker, he's, he kept the Suns in the game through three quarters with 31 points. But in the fourth quarter, he had just four points, and the Suns had just 14 points as a team in the fourth quarter. The Suns bench, not surprisingly, we've talked about this since literally the day after the Durant trade. Not even I could imagine it'd be this bad. Awful last night. Uh, they were uh, last night a combined four points, two out of 16 from the field, zero out of nine from behind the arc, no free throw attempts, and a collective minus 48 in point differential. That's all in tw- in 73 minutes, which is really 73 more minutes than they deserve. And I'm not even including Josh Jacoby in that list because inexplicably he has started the last two games and he was awful again. Two points on one out of three shooting, zero out of two from behind the arc, and he had no rebounds. The Suns' mid-range game 
apparently at the insistence of Monty Williams, has been replaced by, at least last night, shots from behind the arc. Last night, Devin Booker was 4 out of 8 from behind the arc. The rest of the Suns, three-point field goal attempts, 2 of 23. The bottom line, the Suns, through two games, have been outplayed by the team that is the best in the West during the regular season. They're also one of the best teams at home in the NBA. That's actually been the case for years, at least during the regular season, because you have the altitude thing. A lot of teams are coming in, you know, after the second half of a back-to-back. That's been one of the best betting angles in the NBA for decades, literally decades. Uh, but uh, it's uh, an uphill battle, needless to say. Meanwhile, up next, Game 3 is not until Friday. And that's something, uh, as I mentioned previously, based on last night's post-game press conferences, the Nuggets are really unhappy that there's no game today, no game on Wednesday, no game on Thursday, and the next game's on Friday. Michael Malone, Jamal Murray, and Nick Jokic, uh, without even being asked, all made reference to the three days off between games games two and game three of this series. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, they begin a two-game series tonight. At the uh, the Diamondbacks are 16 and 13 at this point. Uh, they begin a two-game series tonight against the 17 and 11 Texas Rangers. The Diamondbacks no longer lead the National League West. The Rangers do lead the American League West. Tonight's pitching matchup is Zach Gallen, four and one with a 2.15 or a run average. He hasn't allowed an earned run now, or a run period, or earned run or non-earned run. Uh, in his last four starts, he's facing John Gray tonight. Gray uh, is a has is one and one so far with a 391 or run average. He missed a little bit of time because of a, a, he got hit by a line drive uh, when he when he was while pitching, but uh, he he had to leave that game early. I think he missed his next start, or if he didn't miss his next start, it was pushed back some. But he's uh been healthy and he's okay here of late. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks eight and seven on the road. The Rangers a very impressive eleven and five so far at home. The Diamondbacks might not have Corbin Carroll. He was injured on Saturday night in Colorado. Did not play the series finale in Coors Field on Sunday. Carroll has a you know he was supposed to be checked out. I'm sure he was checked out yesterday, but uh, to my knowledge, they have not revealed the status of his uh you know his status basically at this point. Carroll's been really good so far in nine doubles, a triple, four home runs, nine runs batted in in the early season. Meanwhile, the Rangers are without Jacob deGrom, unfortunately, not surprisingly, but unfortunately placed on the injured list last weekend with an elbow issue. And Corey Seager also, he's been out several weeks with a hamstring injury for the Rangers. The Diamondbacks did make a trade on Monday. They added left-handed pitcher uh, Connor Pinkington, uh, who was designated for assignment last week by the Guardians. Historically, Pinkerton has been a starting pitcher. However, he pitched just two innings this season. And uh, it was actually, uh, yeah, last year Last year he was pretty good. Uh, earned run average of 3-9 uh, for Cleveland. And uh, Cleveland, you know, you know, not surprisingly, they've got a lot of young pitchers and good pitchers and they develop pitchers and so forth. But uh, not sure if Pinkerton figures into the Diamondbacks' starting rotation eventually. It shouldn't 
I don't think it would be that difficult to factor into the Diamondbacks' starting rotation because it's not good. Certainly, Gallon's been terrific. Merrill Kelly was good last season. Was good Saturday, uh, Friday night, Friday night in Colorado, and maybe he's uh, you know, become a little more the pitcher he was last year. But he's walked a ton of guys this year before he only walked one at Colorado on Friday night. So, as I mentioned, the Diamondbacks not in first place anymore. The Dodgers win last night. The Diamondbacks idle yesterday. So the Dodgers are 17-13 and at this point. The Diamondbacks sitting at 16-13. and San Diego 16-14. and Then you have San Francisco 4th. Colorado 5th. San Francisco sitting at 11-17. And Colorado at 9-20. and uh, just had the worst April in the uh, franchise history for Colorado. Also in today's local roundup, I want to mention the Cardinals briefly. Uh, they signed 10 undrafted players to contracts on Monday. Not unusual, you know, the undrafted free agent thing uh, is you know, you know, universally and you know, league-wide a big deal on the, the Sunday slash Monday after the draft. Uh, but amongst the players that the ASU signed was, uh, you know, excuse me, that the son, the Cardinals signed was ASU linebacker, former ASU linebacker now, Kyle Soley, uh, who is a tackling machine, basically for two reasons. One, he was good. Also, because the rest of the defense were not tackling machines. That he led ASU in tackles in each of the last two seasons, 110 in 2022. He had 88 in 2021. Soley actually last year had six consecutive games with double-digit tackles, and uh, he was second on the team with two interceptions. Probably not good if your inside linebacker is second on the team with interceptions, and especially not good if it's only two and you're second on the team. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program. With the National Roundup, that'll be topped by... A little bit more from the uh, Celtics and the Sixers from last night, the James Harden extravaganza. And uh, we'll also get to uh, some of the uh, line updates for the uh, next round, next games uh, in the NBA tonight, tomorrow. And then, of course, the Suns, they don't play until Friday. So we'll get to all the line updates in those particular games. Time pending, we'll get to a little bit of baseball in the next segment. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle Lux HD 2 100.7. segment of the sports i'm singing and i'm playing drums here uh final segment of the day sports with bob Kemp on kdus am 1060 and kiss lux hd 2 100.7 it is thank you time as always we thank you for listening special thanks to the callers emailers tweeters texters whomever and whatever else up to the cracks also our guest today around the nba including plenty of sons and nuggets discussion with mo de 
of Bleacher Report and a little James Harden. What the heck happened there? Uh, more on that in a minute. Uh, also, sound of the day courtesy of TNT, ESPN, Amazon Prime Video, WFAN, the flagship of the Yankees, and WIP, the flagship of the Philadelphia Phillies. We used Aaron Judge and uh, and uh, Bryce Harper highlights. Meanwhile, uh, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, on to the NBA scoreboard from last night. Non-Suns and Nuggets. Uh, James Harden, a flashback performance, as I've mentioned a couple times. He matched his playoff career high with 45 points, including the go-ahead, step-back, three-pointer over Al Horford. I'm not sure how the Celtics played a defense where it was pretty obvious that the Sixers and then Doc Rivers were going to get you know, basically a, a switch on defense and have Harden being guarded by Al Horford. But that all happened uh, continuing the game. And also the last time it happened in the game was with 8.7 seconds to go. Harden makes the shot. The Sixers rallied without the injured Joe Embiid. Sixers win game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals, 119-115. to 115. The Sixers finished that game on a 12-4 scoring run. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, he was tremendous, 26 points. He's had a horrendous time this year against the Celtics, but not last night. And Tobias Harris, uh, kind of the forgotten man for Philadelphia, he finished with 18. He's sometimes forgotten by Philadelphia, in fact, but he had 18 points last night. Uh, the Sixers made 17 three-pointers in this game, so a lot going on there. Meanwhile, Jason Tatum led the Celtics with 39 points and 11 rebounds. Jalen Brown had 23, but really didn't do a whole lot after the first half. And Malcolm Brogdon finished with 20 points. So, looking ahead, tonight in the NBA playoffs, it's game two between the uh, six, the uh, excuse me, the uh, Celtics. No, I'll get this right. Miami is at New York tonight. Those are the teams playing tonight. And uh, the Knicks are a six and a half point favorite. Total is 216 and a half. We mentioned with Mo in the uh, in the previous segment, a couple of previous segments ago, the bottom of the hour, or we had 15 after segment to the bottom of the hour. Uh, the uh, you know, Brunson and Randall and Butler all were you know, called questionable by their respective organizations on Monday, even though there's a report out there this morning that Butler's ankle injury not as bad as it was originally uh, believed. So we'll see what happens tonight. Lakers and Warriors, game one tonight in San Francisco. Uh, Golden State opened a four-point favorite up to four and a half. Total is sitting at 227. That's been kind of sitting there, and that's pretty much universal no matter whether you're in the U.S., whether you're in Nevada, whether you're in you know offshore, but 227 and a half is pretty much the total everywhere for the most part. I see one 228 in Nevada right now, but that's about the only difference uh, as far as the total goes. Meanwhile, tomorrow night will be game two between Philadelphia at Boston. Boston uh, is a nine-point favorite in that game. Total is uh, sitting at 218.5. And then game three between Denver and Phoenix on uh, Friday night in Phoenix after the three off days. Phoenix opened a five-and-a-half-point favorite down to four-and-a-half. Uh, well, I assume... Probably not today, but I assume at some strategical point we'll get some kind of Chris Paul update 
It's uh, as to whether his ankle will allow him to play Friday night. I don't know if it's going to be an official update or whether it's you know, basically Woj or whomever uh, reporting on these injuries. Uh, so there is with that. That's kind of the status as far as that goes. The Suns uh, up against it, needless to say. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks begin a two-game series tonight in Texas. We talked about that a little bit in the last segment. Zach Gallon against John Gray. And uh, the Diamondbacks and Gallon, a 140, basically 7-5 road favorite today in that game against Texas. Total net game sitting at 7.5. All right, we will return on Wednesday with the Sports Zone from 9 to 10 and the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. This has been the Sports Zone on this Tuesday with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.